Politics Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome, I should say welcome back, if you've ever listened, if you haven't, welcome to the Nerdy Politics Podcast. Well, we've been MIA for a minute, um, and by minute I mean since I think November, so a few months, and I, I'm not happy or proud of that. We had things come up, life things, it's not cheap to run a podcast, and in general we want to increase the quality, and that's what we're going to attempt to do. I'm really excited. I got uh, Brooke Banks. Uh, he's been with us a few times before. Yeah, I know Brooke. You're just raring to get back into it. Oh, I'm excited. Let's start. Let's let's talk some Marvel. My favorite thing in the world, coming from the biggest DC fan in the world. I was gonna say that sounds like sarcasm, but Ugh. let's do it. We're and we're late. We're super late to the party. Like Infinity War is out. You've all seen it. Everyone's seen it. I've seen it three times. I'm going for a fourth this weekend. Uh, have you seen it more than once, bro? I haven't. I was going to, and then Movie Pass decided to stop letting people go twice on the weekend of Infinity War. Like that wasn't planned at all. Now I read about <laughs> that, and honestly, it, it kind of, I was about to get a Movie Pass. Kind of killed my vibe a little bit. Well, luckily, I got in before it got bad. Plus, I could <laughs> I could have sworn I was reading that there's a good chance it doesn't exist by the end of 2018. I really wouldn't doubt it, but I just wanted to get it and was like, I always went in with the mindset of like, I'm going to get this. And I'm going to use the crap out of it before they take this nice thing away from us. <laughs> well, if you got, I mean, even if you got a year's worth, you, you saved a crap ton of money. Living out here in LA where movies are 16, 17, $18 a pop instead of nine ninety five a month for unlimited movies. Yeah, you can't go wrong. But yeah, let's, let's get to Marvel. So what we're going to do is everybody's seen Infinity War. Um, leading up to Infinity War, Brooke and I, and probably a lot of people, went back when we rewatched the MCU. And for anybody who's listening and doesn't know what that is, one, why are you listening to this podcast? Two, that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Please keep listening to the podcast. Don't leave. We'll teach you something. We'll, we'll tell you about the whole Marvel Universe right now. We're going to tell you. We're going to try and go bang, bang, bang. We're going to go over all the movies leading up to Infinity War, and I mean it. We're going to try and go quick. Uh, sometimes we can rant about things. So we're going to try and go quick. Then we're going to get to Infinity War, tell you how we felt about it, and then we will real quick, before we wrap this up, talk about what we think is going to happen in Avengers 4, which now I'm sure we are all very, very excited for. I know I am. I'm, like, insanely excited for Avengers 4. I'm kind of excited, but we still got Aquaman before that, so... <laughs> this is true i was more thinking i was more thinking like captain marvel and ant-man and the wasp since this is the marvel episode he just sure. hijacked it just forget about shazam it's not a big deal <laughs> no, who, who is that that was that was rude that was rude it's the original captain marvel but whatever oh uh, okay but being first doesn't always mean best uh all right let, let's jump right into it so i've got the list right here we both rewatched all these movies like as fast as you can break it down what you liked what you didn't like how you feel about it going back okay and then kind of kind of let us let us know where it would rank among we don't got to rank all 18 movies before infinity war just say like it's up there or it's towards the bottom or the middle all right first one started the whole thing off iron man 2008 i'll go first on this one i'll let you go first on the next one iron man still great movie uh almost perfect for what it was trying to be um uh, at the time of you have no clue what it's gonna turn into you have no clue this massive weird world is gonna happen uh i love it i've i've really had almost no problems rewatching it what about you uh still holds up 
very good one of the top tier marvel movies um kind of a weak villain but not a big deal uh most of the marvel movie villains are kind of weak but no, it holds up. Okay, okay. I, I, I feel you. All right, let's move on. So we'll both say that's one of the upper echelon, probably, MCU, especially if you just, like, divide them by solo films. That's, top. that's towards the top for sure. I mean, and to be fair, we were just talking about first. That was the movie that created the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, formula. Like, every origin movie you've seen since then has followed that formula, and they did it perfect right off the, the first one. Yep. All right, now let's move on to the second film, which is kind of kind of different because I think they also had to work with uh, Paramount and Universal to make this movie, uh, The Incredible Hulk, which starred uh, Mark Ruffalo. Just kidding, it starred Edward Norton, which I didn't hate as Bruce Banner, but the movie it's it's, it's pretty forgettable. That's all I'm really going to say about The Incredible Hulk. The fight scenes are kind of cool with him and Abomination. Other than that, I could I can forget about it. Fell asleep. First time I tried to watch it, and that's all I'll say. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, let's go. Uh, we Iron Man 1 was the first one. Let's go. Iron Man 2 came out in 2010. Uh, this is coming off the success of Iron Man 1, and it just does not deliver. Uh, maybe it might have been good your first viewing. Uh, the Black Widow intro, kind of terrible, to be honest. I didn't like what they did with her in that movie. Uh, I would say Iron Man 2 towards the bottom of the pile of MC movies. What about you? Bottom five movie for me. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, Whiplash was a pretty cool villain if it wasn't the same exact story as Iron Man 1 with all of his why he hated Tony and creating another suit type thing. And it just kind of... We'd literally just seen that, and then they made us watch it again with Iron Man 2. And the one thing I will give it, though, the briefcase suit is still cool. Like, that first that first scene with Whiplash is cool. The rest of the movie, I don't need. Well, like, all the stuff with him locked up just gets super boring. And, like, I like, like, the Hammer tech stuff. Like, I like Justin Hammer. I Justin Hammer, bring him back. Please bring him back. He said multiple times he wants to come back. Bring him back. He's great. There's a trend in this movie, and you see it a lot in the first Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. The villain is often way too similar to the hero, and we'll get to that in the next few movies. I'll explain as we go, but let's move on to Thor. 2011, uh, We this is one I just I know for a fact that we have differing opinions on. I actually don't like it as much as when I used to watch it, like back when it first came out. I still like Loki. I could care less about Natalie Portman and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of meh on it. I uh, would put that in my, I don't know about top five, but probably my top ten for sure Marvel movies. It might even be in the top five. It just, it Kenneth Branagh uh, did a great job. He didn't make a normal Marvel movie, and that was Thor's biggest goal that it needed to accomplish. It needed to put you off of the earth in a completely new world, introduce you to, like, we can go into outer space and these different realms, and we can... Uh, these are gods and deities, and this is way bigger than the Tony Stark and Hulks of the world that we've seen before it. Uh, and I just thought Kenneth Branagh did, he made a Shakespearean tragedy. He didn't make a superhero movie. He made the movie he wanted to make. Uh, I thought that was really great. I thought the introduction of Hawkeye worked well in that movie. Um, Loki, I can take him or leave him. I really liked the fight at the end with the Destroyer, but all of Thor without his powers on Earth of just trying to, Getting pretty much getting his ass kicked because he doesn't have any powers anymore, and 
He's just trying to figure out how to be a decent person and relearn what it means to even be Thor. I, I just love that that journey of cutting someone down and making them uh, actually grow. And I just love that arc of Thor 1 for him. Okay, great. And now let's move on to something that I know we will agree on. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger came out uh, also in 2011. I'm going to go ahead and say, like doing it first saw it, liked it a lot more this time. There's not a lot that's wrong with it. Like we talked about earlier, the beginning's a little boring, but that like, and now that we like, we have foresight now. So like we've seen infinity war, the character growth of Steve Rogers is probably one of the most like, you know, uh, relatable things. It's just awesome. Like seeing how he'll go, he wants so badly to like help his country, you know, get into the military, but then like you get to infinity war and he wants absolutely nothing to do with the government. So it's just incredible to how far they've come. And it's a great movie. Hugo Weaving's a, a kick-ass villain. Red Skull's cool. Uh, well, I, I, we might even talk about him again in a few moments. Who knows? But yeah, I would say Captain America, First Avenger. For me, t- top five uh, solo film, probably the top three origin films. Yeah, I would. Uh, Red Skull's great. I Same as you. Like I, I loved it the first time I watched it. Like you said, the beginning is kind of boring, but it's very, very important that you explain to people why he is such a good person. Because then every other thing that Captain America does after that movie doesn't mean as much if you don't have that first third of that first movie uh, really explaining like like him jumping on the grenade, even though he like he him sacrificing himself, the the pin where he's smarter than everyone else to bring the whole the whole flag down and get the flag and, and, and go back, uh, get to ride back and just outsmarting people and always trying to be the guy that takes the sacrifice play for everyone else. And he just cemented himself as, as that morally good person that cap needed to be to do anything else with him. Like you could, you can complain that, Oh, he didn't need to crash into the ice and all of that. But like it's storytelling. You need this person to go on ice for 70 years so you can bring them back later and put them in the Avengers and do all of those stories. So like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's, it, you understand why, but agree with you. Top five origin movie for sure. Okay, great. And you almost had a great segue there. Uh, let's get into 2012. I believe it was, I think it was early summer. I want to say it was, maybe it was May when it came out. Marvel's Avengers, and I can go on and say this movie will have a special place in my heart, like forever. This isn't like for the next five years, forever. I love the movie. It's nostalgic already, you know, six years later watching it. Um, it's everything you wanted from a comic book movie. Uh, like a few really kick-ass costumes, a few awful ones. I'm looking at Captain America mostly. It's not bad. It's just corny. Like it's it's such a good like it, it's a fun movie. Like that, okay, people overuse that, but it's a fun movie to watch. Like I watch it every time it's on. I'll say Avengers holds up for me really well, and just kick ass to see the team come together. Uh, I'd say it's you know top for me. It's still a top five Marvel movie. I agree with that. Top five Marvel movie. Uh, it's gonna stand the test of time. It was the first time you saw superheroes that you had seen in other movies come together to fight something bigger and larger fun it's funny it has memorable moments has everything you want in a big blockbuster movie a team movie at that the one thing i will say about the captain america thing is 
I, I think too, the thing to remember with Captain America is I think that costume fit who he was in that moment. He had just woken up. He was only known as this idea. It was almost like going back to Captain America when that montage that's so great of like uh, the song of the Captain America and all that stuff of like him being just this corny idea and not being a real person. When he woke up, he wasn't a real person. Imagine having to just reacclimate yourself with the world and learn everything. And that's why he's had such a good character arc is he woke up and he just got thrown into the fire and they already had this suit made for him that he had no input in and they just made him the corny Captain America again. And he was that naive, like, no, we have to trust S.H.I.E.L.D. because we have to trust S.H.I.E.L.D. And then he starts to find out, oh, maybe there's something's going on that they're not telling us. And that's where you get the start of that arc. But I think that that even that costume, it was almost like a deliberate choice of like, no, nah, this is him. He is a cartoon of himself because he hasn't learned enough yet. Um, but that they that just literally everything I just said speaks to how good that movie is. Even the things that you can want to complain about, you can kind of see from a character standpoint of like, these movies matter because of these characters and their character movies. They're, that's what they are. And Avengers took all these characters and did something no one had ever done before. And it will forever go down in my heart. And I'll, I guarantee you a lot of people's hearts as just one of the, their favorite movies of all all time awesome awesome all right so now we get to that's a you know it's a widely beloved movie let's get to one that's very controversial uh, among most fans um iron man 3 i like it i like it a lot it's not like perfect as far as like storytelling goes it's a good movie it's just has everyone hates the mandarin twist i mean everyone really hates the mandarin twist but like what it took some courage to pull to try and pull that off i mean he was kind of hilarious like when they find out he's an actor he was funny but it took it took some courage to try and do something different and for all the times we say while marvel is always doing the same thing with their stories their origin stories and all these other movies it was nice that they tried something different and with tony's whole ptsd and getting rid of the suits which lasted a lot like seven hours but whatever (laughs) Yeah, I would say I would say Iron Man's like middle of the pack, but good. I was gonna say with the PTSD, if you count all of the movies that he's had to deal with this one thing and hasn't been able to get over, there's at least seven hours in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he just he cannot get, but his, like in general, his his storyline is a very like Thanos has been like with Tony Stark for since Avengers. I mean you see it in Ultron and like do you see like the bird and like, they have a really like interesting relationship. We'll get to that when we get to infinity war, but like that, like, I don't think it's just the PTSD. Like I think like he for a long time had like, you know, these visions that something even worse was out there and he had trouble sleeping because of it. And I don't know. Iron Man three, let's get back on track. Uh, I'll say the first time I watched it in theaters, I remember leaving the theater very, 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 very disappointed. Uh, and hating it and then after rewatches and rewatches especially the one i just did it's a pretty good movie um honestly it doesn't really do a lot wrong they they fixed the the really bad villain problem to me was the first two iron man of like here's just another guy building another suit because we have to be smarter and better than tony stark and it didn't work at all um i wish not the i don't i don't wish that they wouldn't have did the mandarin switch i just wish it wouldn't have been the the killian uh what is his name killian aldrich killian 
I, it was originally supposed to be, um, I don't know the character's name, but it was the girl he met at the party. And then she was like working for Killian later. Uh, but she was supposed to be the actual bad guy. But then Marvel was like, well, we don't think we can sell toys if it's a girl. And that's stupid. And they changed it. And I don't think it worked as well. It didn't have the same amount of gravity. Like you said, the PTSD stuff I think was really important. It gave Tony like a real arc and something to actually have to deal with where before he's just kind of a rich asshole who has no worries and no consequences for anything that he does. And they finally started to give that to him. Um, but no, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It, the action scene at the end with a, a 40, whatever, 50 suits fighting the new Mandarin, whatever, that was all that, that action scene, I think is one of the better action scenes in the MCU and straight up Trevor Slattery is hilarious. And I loved that twist. I don't care what anyone says, but I want the Mandarin who cares. Have you ever, please, please someone show me the Mandarin story that you loved. And he's just this great villain that everyone like I've read Iron Man books. I've read books that had the Mandarin in it. He's not a great villain. He's very whatever. Who cares that they switched it to a funny thing? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to let you go first on the next one. 2013, Thor The Dark World. Go. Worst Marvel movie, period. By a lot. Nothing happens in that movie that matters or anything. The only redeemable quality I will say about that movie, there are two things. One, Captain America's cameo where Loki turns into Captain America. That was funny. Two, at the end when Loki becomes Odin and Thor is gushing to Odin about Loki who he thinks is dead. And and, and Anthony Hopkins is such a good actor. He has the tiniest eyebrow raise of like, oh, what did Loki do? And that was brilliant. The rest of the, literally every other second of that movie sucked. Yeah, my review for that movie would be uh, I I thought of a word or I was trying to and none of them were good or useful so the movie's not useful they introduced one of the Infinity Stones and nobody even knew it was an Infinity Stone it was just kind of like this. why is it like why is it like a goo? I don't get it I don't like it, I hate the movie, move on let's move on, let's move on to one of the best movies, Captain America the Winter Soldier 2014 uh, yeah, kick-ass movie, top two, top three MCU movie, easily. Comeback of Bucky Barnes, amazing. Um, the cinematography, amazing. The fight sequences are the best in the MCU. Uh, the hand-to-hand stuff, I should say, not like the CGI, like out-of-this-world stuff. It is a gritty movie. It's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What about you? I think it's by far the best movie. It's great on its own it doesn't matter that it's captain america it doesn't matter that it's superheroes it matters that it's a great spy thriller like you were talking about the fight scenes him and winter soldier uh, underneath the bridge where they're sitting there with the shield and punching each other but he's got the knife and he keeps switching to different hands in the middle of the fight and just all of that is just some of the best stunt work i've ever seen on top of like you introduced Falcon, who was he's a great character and he worked so well in the context of this film. Um, even down to like the, at the mall, you got going to the Apple store and going through the mall and, and like trying to stay in disguise and not get caught by like crossbones in this whole team. Or I'm doing all of this backwards, but the elevator scene where it's crossbones and like the nine guys and Captain America can like you, it's literally showing you Captain America 
seeing why this is all a setup and he's about to be in a fight. And then his immediate response to just be, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Just, you can't write Captain America better than that. He's supposed to be the, like, he's the Marvel Superman. He's supposed to be the boring square guy. And Winter Soldier completely changed that on its head because after Avengers, like I said, he was this naive, didn't know anything, trying to get acclimated in the world. And this is him starting to figure it out and getting in this world of spies that he's, it's a very different world than he's ever lived in because even in the first movie he just wanted to go in the war and like help his country and now all of a sudden he had muscles so he could just run over and punch things and help us win the war but now the war is very different it's not go fight people and punch people it's behind the scenes with spies and espionage and and like just all everything about the the zola turn was amazing i could gush about this movie forever it's the best one i just that's it between the first Avenger, the Winter Soldier, and Civil War, which we're about to get to, uh, it's definitely the most fluent trilogy. Uh, like they, like you need every movie to get to where you go at the end of Civil War. Um, his story arc is very, and they do a good job. Like the threads continue, and you can follow them, and like you totally understand his point of view by the end of Civil War. So with that, let's move on. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm going to keep it sweet, simple. I love the movie. I can watch it a lot. It's funny. It's good. The cast, the, if anything, even if the story's bad, the cast is just so, like, they generate so much excitement on screen. Like, it's just hard not to like watching them. Like, all of them. I, I thoroughly enjoy every main character of the Guardians of the Galaxy. What about yourself? It It was, like bringing a team together for reasons very different than the Avengers. And for being a team movie, every character was strong in their own respect. Um, every character was funny. Every character like had something to do. It was a great introduction to these characters. The, the whole point of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was just, hey, we have these weird people that even comic book nerds kind of barely knew about until we announced this movie. And we need to like, introduce to you who they are and make you like them and they knocked all of that out of the park um did a great job that's probably a top five origin movie it was not supposed to work like that like when guardians of the galaxy was announced i think there was like a reluctant like excitement but i don't think it was supposed to be what it is i had no idea who the guardians of the galaxy were when they announced it i immediately went to the store and bought my first like you know like graphic novel the biggest one i could find and i was like okay well i better read up and still like it doesn't prepare you for like what you see on camera it's a little different but kick-ass movie very uh, hilarious obviously we all love james gunn he's one of the best things to happen to the mcu in my opinion the other thing too that i love about guardians if you just go like get a, a google image picture of all of the different marvel posters and just look at how radically different every single thing in that universe is after guardians of the galaxy that movie changed everything yep i i'm looking at all the movie posters right now funny you say that all right let's move on to another one that's kind of 2015 avengers age of ultron uh could have been a lot better they used a good villain but they didn't make him great i think it's not the portrayal i like james spader he can't control how he's written you know what i mean it's not up to him he can only do what he's, you know, act with what he's given. 
And I liked him as Ultron. I just think he was a little weak compared to what he should have been. And the movie in general is kind of like discombobulated at points. And I, I just think that it's it's kind of like, eh, very watchable. You know, if you're just, just on TV and you want a movie with some decent action and like, I'll watch it, but it's not, it doesn't live up to the first Avengers movie. I hate Ultron. Like the, they build him and it, it might've been an expectation thing, but even going back and rewatching it a couple times, it hasn't changed my opinion. Ultron being this sarcastic asshole villain doesn't work for me. You are terrifying. You have control of every computer and like network, anything in the world. And like your plan is to take the, like, not that that wasn't like the, the whole like city rising into the sky and dropping it back. Like that's fun enough and all of that. But like Ultron could have did so much more. And he just like, it wasn't like, what was, I think it was the honest trailer that they nailed it with like, it wasn't the age of Ultron. It was the week of Ultron. Who cares that Quicksilver died? I don't think anyone really cared. Hawkeye had like two good lines in that movie. And then Vision was cool. Like the Hulkbuster Iron Man fights in that, which is kind of cool. But like, I don't see anyone that ever brings that up again as like, oh man, remember when Hulk fought the, fought the Hulkbuster and that was crazy and cool. No, it was kind of just, it was okay. Okay, okay, let's move on. A much smaller movie, very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, people definitely knew who he was more than the Guardians, but also, like, this was a, a pretty big risk. Um, Ant-Man, 2015. I actually think it's a better movie than Age of Ultron, and I, I, I'm I, perfectly fine with it. I think Paul Rudd's a kick-ass actor. I like him a lot. He's hilarious. Uh, Michael Douglas, also great. You know, the whole thing, Evangeline Lilly she's she's really great Uh, i don't know i like ant-man i would say like as far as it's it is the typical like stereotype origin film but you know it's cool his powers are cool and i mean it's definitely watchable because there's enough humor in it to keep you like you know invested even in the slow parts michael pena makes that movie for me, that dude makes that movie. He's the reason why I'm going to... Not the reason, the only reason why, obviously. But, like, he is the biggest reason why I'm excited to see a second one. The one thing I did like about it is that they very slyly made a movie about Hank Pym and pretended that it was about Scott Lang. Yep. And that was the one thing I really loved is that, like, they gave you the old... Like, the, just the glimpse into, like, the, oh, the Avengers did exist at one point with Cap and ant-man and and the wasp and and a couple of those like golden age heroes like they were there and they did exist i like that but it's another marvel origin movie that did a good job but didn't like blow anyone away yep agreed all right well moving to another one where the hype was pretty massive like we go from uh guardians ant-man uh this one had all the hype uh civil war which i will be the first to say does not live up to the comics uh, and however you feel about the storyline in the comics i'm i'm pretty much like eh, i like it and i own it and i think it's pretty good but like i didn't need the movie to be exactly like that it's nothing like it really but i like it i think civil war is a good movie and you get arguably top five best like i should say best i should say coolest scenes at the airport just like everything happening there with the intro of spider-man which like from that just that about was i think it's like a 14 minute scene or something like that but like just from that you're like yeah yes tom holland is peter parker for this universe he just fits he fits what they're doing he fits with tony stark he fits with 
the whole the whole thing works for me and i'd say civil war is uh, probably top seven mcu movies uh, how do you feel about it great introduction of spider-man great introduction of black panther um the like you said the airport scene is one of the more fun scenes that we've got in the whole mcu like giant man was one of the coolest moments like the black panther chasing after the winter soldier scene and the cars and like on foot all that was really good and well done that's just a big fun action sequence because like that's one thing too with a lot of these marvel movies it's hard to find like different places to go for action scenes and i will give like the the russo brothers are so good at finding different scenarios of like even like all the people in uh winter soldier attacking like uh they're all the car chase scene and all the cars attacking each other and uh like Nick Fury and all that and Winter Soldier here it was Black Panther just getting those like different chase scenes and things like that that are really cool but that movie the whole third act I don't care I literally could not care less about any of that or Tony and he killed my mom I don't care you're dumb that he's literally brainwashed in like a Soviet like he no that's not a thing like he killed my like I, I get it but I don't like it's a it's a Martha moment for me legitimately that is a Martha moment for me you're right I was fighting a caped bat then we discovered his mom is named Martha too no and uh the thing at the beginning uh with him and the hologram all of that is really stupid to me a because it looks bad b because why is he doing why is he showing all of MIT this very 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 tender personal moment from his memories in front of the, this entire crowd of people. None of that made sense to me other than we need you to know this for later. And I just, it's True. not like, I don't, I just didn't care about most of it. Cool scenes, but not a good, well, it, it had the problem of we have a lot of things to set up later and none of the, it doesn't all work together, but we need to do it for future things. Is it, is it safe to say that the six movies later, the Russo brothers would do a better job at making a movie with more characters. Well, that was, yeah, they also had, didn't have to tie into anything else where civil war was very much a, we have to tie this into Thor Ragnarok and like you had the black widow stuff or no, that was, but um, you, I don't know. It, and also it is the same movie as Batman Superman. You could say it's not whatever, go watch honest trailers and they will literally break down how the entire plot is almost identical Zemo and Luther both have ridiculously stupid, long, crazy plans that are really, really dumb when you actually think about them. All right, let's move on. Keep it, keep it going. Uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, it's definitely not a perfect movie, but Benedict Cumberbatch will forever be one of my favorite actors. Uh, it's kind of funny to hear him with like the really, really American accent. Uh, I like it. He's he's freaking. He is a badass in the MCU. I don't care what you say. Infinity War, just like I still like it. Just solidified my opinion that I I love Doctor Strange. And you know what? It's an origin story. You know they had to do like his thing because like he's kind of confusing. If you don't do his origin story and you're just like, hey, look, here's a magic dude. Like it's not like like the average moviegoer is gonna be like, wait, why is he magic? Uh, how can he do that and like why is he in this place why is his cape moving like all that stuff i think you had to do what they did and i, I like it i think uh dr strange was it was a marvel origin movie it kind of just 
hit all the bases. I don't think as a whole it was great. I think there were parts of it that were really great, but like every it didn't work. One big problem that a lot of Marvel movies have that this didn't have that I appreciated was that third act problem of like an Iron Man two, you get this boring fight and Iron Man three at the end, uh, you get this big showdown, which is a cool scene, but it's with a villain you don't really care about or like with civil war, it's Zemo and all this crazy stuff with his mom and all that. But like here, the Dormammu repeating it over and over again. I thought that was really clever and really cool. Um, I really liked, uh, Baron uh, Mordo. Yep. I really, really like that they set up a villain for once. Uh, with that after credit scene was perfect to me. Of like, I love the idea of, of the, they're starting to get it and make villains that have actual reasons for doing the things that they want. Which we'll get to more of those later. But like Baron Baron Mordo looking at this and just saying like the problem is the sort like the, there's too many sorcerers. Clearly, all of these bad things just happen because we're creating so many sorcerers, and every like like they say that throughout the whole movie, the, like everything you do magically has a cost. And I like that you actually kind of saw all this negative stuff happen and gave us a villain that has a legitimate reason to be like, I need to stop that Doctor Strange guy. So I like that. I'm looking forward to the second one mostly because the things they set up in the first one were interesting enough to carry over. Real quick, so before we move on, it was very controversial at the time, but I I want to say I really liked Tilda Swinton in that movie. Oh, she was great. Her relationship with Doctor Strange, like like you actually feel the scene where she disappears, like it's her time to go. Like that was actually like an emotional scene. Like it was well set up, and you know it just sets the stage for what's about to happen in the third act. I don't. I really like. I really liked her portrayal. I know everyone was mad because it was a white woman, but. It's it's the the whitewashing thing is absolutely a valid like criticism of a lot of things in Hollywood. But when you get someone that's just perfect and like great, that's not what white like that's not the same as whitewashing. Like agreed. It's you get someone great, you take the person who you know is great and is going to do the best job. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on now. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, to me, they kind of like this is the turning point of pretty decent villains for Marvel. Uh, he's not a great villain, but like just like he ego, you know, Kurt Russell, it, it works and like he plays off his name so perfectly. He's such a dickhead in the movie. Like everything about him, he is a dickhead, and I loved it. But like the movie's not perfect and. You could definitely make a case the first one's better. Such a fun ride to watch that movie. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you probably kind of agree. Absolutely. Uh, honestly, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a better movie than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I know that not a lot of people think that, but I think it just really depends on what you're looking for in a movie. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has a lot less plot and story than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. But what I had for me that I liked was character development. And in the second middle movie, there's nothing you need more than character development. You, I like that this movie, like we saw why the team needed to come together in the first one, but you don't see why they need to stay together. And that's what this movie did. It told you why every character cared about every other character and why these relationships are important to these people. Like these are, these are all broken people or aliens but they're broken characters 
that need each other. And I loved that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 showed you why they needed each other. They, you, you can't beat that. It was like ego was great. Like he didn't need to be this ridiculous big thing. He just, he's a celestial. He's not of this world. He's, his thoughts and ideas are bigger than mortals can comprehend. So I just, this is what I have to do. And Peter says, no, I like this. And because I care about them more than I care about you. And that made all of that matter more to me. I probably teared up three or four times in that movie. Like Gamora and Star-Lord have a scene where they're going off about, I just found my family. I thought you already had done like the sisters coming back together of like, I wanted a sister and you wanted to be the best and all of that. And when Mantis is touching Drax and like, she can feel him talking about his, his wife and his kids that died. And she just immediately starts crying. And you have that moment of realization of like, this guy is constantly cracking jokes and having a good time and whatever while carrying that pain that all of that just won so hard for me. It was, it, that movie endeared itself so well to me and I will love it forever. Yeah. And guardians Two, you brought up something. I just want to hit on real quick. Like it kind of bothers me. You, you have to remember when you have these movies in you know, volume one, volume two or whatever, it's same thing with, you know, the, the captain America trilogy. Sometimes the payoff isn't in the same movie. Like you, you have to look at it more instead of being like, Oh, wow that movie just fell flat at the end. There was like, they, they tease this, but you know, you don't get the payoff for it. Well, sometimes instead of looking at it as like separate movies, I think it's better to look at like a trilogy as like a chapter of a story. Like you're telling a full story. It's going to take three movies, but like this thing's going to pay off. This is going to make more sense at the end. Once you have that middle, like you said, where you're building the characters, then the payoff is massive in the third one where you care more. And sometimes people are like, Oh yeah, the second one, you know, and I don't feel that way about Iron Man. Like, I don't like that. I don't think that's a great example. But Captain America, you get the payoffs. Like, even Infinity War, you have payoffs from... Oh, Infinity War pays off so many things. Like, from every... Just deep cuts, too. Like, it's... That's crazy. Also, one last thing about Guardians 2, because I feel like it needs to be mentioned. Baby Groot is the best Groot. I am Groot. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone! Try again! I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I'm good. No! Think so? Yeah, easily. Baby Groot was the cutest thing I've ever seen. That whole opening credit. Like, I love the opening credit scene in Guardians 1. The Guardians 2 of, like, Baby Groot dancing around while everyone's fighting and going crazy. It, it's super. It's kind of heartbreaking when you talk about when James Gunn came out and said that Baby Groot is not Groot. Like, like for two years, people thought that he was Groot from the first movie. But, like, Groot is dead. Baby Groot is his son. And that, to me, is just, that's that's heartbreaking. And then, you know, you have what happened. We'll get to it in Infinity War. Did you see what James Gunn said? Like, someone asked him, what well, I am Groot. What are you saying at the end of Infinity War? Like, what that what he was actually saying? It's just, it's so sad. So let's move on uh, and talk about good villains. Spider-Man Homecoming has very, very good villain. Oh, I think I, it's arguable they have the best villain, oh, like acted out wise, oh. like like per, like performance. Like I love Thanos, and we'll get to that. But I mean, like on the scale of where like the actor is just like 
well, one, Michael Keaton is like a step above most, like as far as like the acting chops go, he's a step above most people Marvel's hired to do mm. the villains. Uh, he's so good. Like the scene where he shows up to pick up his date for homecoming and he is her dad. That is like um, amazing. Like that, like the car ride is one of the best things in the MCU. Those two have together. I love it so much. And Spider-Man, I, I will admit I'm very biased. Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Wolverine are my two favorite Marvel characters. Like since I was five and I loved it. I love Spider-Man homecoming. It's just a good, like it's got that, like, you know, like breakfast club vibe. It's, you know, but at the same time, it's definitely an MCU movie still. And I I appreciated that. And I think, I I think that movie set up a lot of like threads for future Spider-Man movies that could be pretty, pretty cool. Honestly. Agreed. Um, the one thing I will say about the vulture thing, they almost it was almost a Spider-Man no-no. Like one of the big problems that a lot of people writing Spider-Man and a lot of Spider-Man stories, and especially the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, was just the oh, what all of the villains happen to be like Peter's best friend or his uncle's friend or this thing, and like he just happens to be this guy that's always been in Peter's life, and that always is kind of annoying when it happens too much, but the Michael Keaton one worked. I don't know how, like it just happened to be that thing, but like in the context of that story, I do think that really, really worked. Like I, like I agree with you with the, the car ride thing was great. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but I do think it's a very, very good movie. Um, my biggest problems with it are the scene where all of the stuff falls on Peter and he like picks it up. That is one of like the quintessential Spider-Man comic book moments of down in the sewer. And he's picking up the huge bricks off of them. And he has to, as he's thinking about Mary Jane and, and all these people that he's going to let down and aunt may and uncle Ben, and he's lifting this thing off. And it's just one of the most amazing comic book moments ever. And this movie didn't do it well. that whole thing where he's trapped and he kind of gets up. It didn't work. Other than that, I don't have a lot of big problems with it. They did a lot of good things. Spider-Man's hilarious. Tom Holland's perfect. I can't wait to see more. I'll ask you this real quick. So they, when Sony was doing their thing with Andrew Garfield, like they, they like blatantly were setting up the Sinister Six with their final cutscene. Do you have any interest in seeing the MCU try and do Sinister Six with Spider-Man going forward? Like with Vulture and Scorpion and whoever they end up on? Because you can interchange the members, but do you have any interest in that? If the Tom Hardy Venom movie does well, they'll probably do it and bring him in. I think they keep saying Venom is not part of the MCU. If the movie does well, that will change immediately. And then you have like two established people that can kind of meet and then they turn it or like if if Sony puts out this like they're, they're clearly trying to put out all these villain movies to get Marvel to add more people so they can make more money kind of thing. But if you get like that, maybe like Black Cat even and add her to it. But yeah, give me like a good Doc Ock and like Shocker and Electro or something. I don't even know if you could do Electro. Maybe Spider-Man 2 was too bad. But yeah, I'd be down just like establish some people first before you're just like, yep, we're going to do this big, crazy thing. And I want to see a new villain in Spider-Man Homecoming too. Like I love, love, love Green Goblin growing up, you know, reading Spider-Man comics, the cartoon Green Goblin is essential Spider-Man. Everybody knows that, but like how, how the, 
I want to see Craven so bad. I want to see Craven. I want to see Mysterio. Agreed. I want to see Rhino that's not mechanical and stupid. Yep. Is this something new in the next movie? And then also, maybe, maybe, also, go ahead. Wilton Fisk from Daredevil. I don't care. Just bring Vincent D'Onofrio in. Let him do that in the actual MCU. Because, like, honestly, if we're counting the Netflix shows with the movies, Kingpin might honestly still be my number one villain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love He's amazing as Kingpin. So, yeah, that'd be cool. And I think that the payoff will be this big villain thing. I think Spider-Man is going to be very, very, like, in with his abilities and his powers will be much stronger and he'll have better control by the third movie. And I think that's when you could see him taking on multiple villains because let's be real, like Spider-Man can kind of kick the shit out of most of his villains. Yeah, and that's it, it's been nice to see them start him out as like he just started and he really doesn't know what he's doing and he needs to figure this out. Like Tony's helping him give him like the the suits and the technology and some things to do, but like it's nice seeing a Spider-Man struggle. Like that's one of the things I loved about Amazing Spider-Man, but I like that the MCU is like, no, we're going to really drag this out of like, this is this kid who really is trying to figure things out, but everything gets crazy all the time because he's Spider-Man. Yep. And then I I think by the time, like I said, you know, you're going to get a third Spider-Man. He's already under contract to do a two and a three for solo. Oh gosh, you're going to get 10 of them. Come on, (laughs) Spider-Man. By, by at least the end of that first trilogy, he's going to be an older, you know, he's going to be six, seven, eight years older than when he started. And I think you're going to get like the middle-aged Peter Parker, like that uh, mid-20s that's kind of badass. I really hope they go full MCU, honestly, and just have him go through all of college and do everything with that. Like this one's supposed to be like, I think the prom, because it was homecoming. And then this is going to be, not like it's going to be called prom, but it'll be like Spider-Man 2 and it'll be like him older. And I think it's either like his senior year or he's like an ex- I think the other thing they were saying is he might do like a overseas abroad program and he's still like Spider-Man, but all over. Cause they were saying it's going to be all over the world, not just New York, but the places you're going to get to go with him are going to be great. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think the fact that he's paired so often with Tony Stark is not like Marvel doesn't do things out of random. I think it's like a passing of the torch. Like I personally will get to it. I think, Tony Stark will be out of the MCU after Avengers 4. And I think this is a passing of the torch, I think, where Tom Holland can genuinely be one of the cornerstones going forward. Like, he's he's young. Everybody likes him. He's funny. He's, it, it, we'll talk about his scene at the end of Infinity War. Like, those were some acting chops. As long as he doesn't get fired for giving away all the spoilers. True. Totally. True. Hey, well, Mark Ruffalo, too. We got to watch out for him. All right, let's move on. We're getting kind of long in these last. We'll, we'll kind of gun through these. It's like you like Spider-Man or something. Uh, I love Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I probably feel about Spider-Man the way you feel about Batman or Superman. I won't lie to you. Spider-Man is like... Spider-Man is much higher in my list than either of those two people. Well, that's, I actually am surprised. We'll have to discuss this sometime off the podcast. Uh, okay, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'll say a good movie, uh, different, nothing, absolutely nothing like previous, like, I don't think like people say it's guardians, but to me, it's not guardians of the galaxy. It's like a whole different kind of comedic thing they had going on. Uh, yeah, it's a comedy and it's got a few really cool action pieces, uh, a villain that I think could have been used a lot better because Kate Blanchett is a, an incredible actress. Have you heard the theory about her? 
no, because no. we're going to end up talking about Avengers four. But one of the theories I've heard is that she is uh, they're going to use her as Lady Death. Oh yeah, I've I've been advocating for that theory for about you know since she got cast as hell. I won't lie to you. I've wanted her to be you know they they just always they repeat they keep saying goddess of death, goddess of death, like over and over again. Like we get it. I we, if you're hinting at this, then you're doing a good job. But like I'll say, Thor Ragnarok super cool. My one thing I'll say about it, you know, it's it's not even to me, it's not a top five Marvel movie. But there is the scene where she stabs him in the eye, and they're on the balcony, and she asks him like, "What were you the god of again?" And he strike, he finally like he has that scene with uh, his dad. He's like, "I'll never be as strong as you." Or he's like, "He's like, no, you're stronger." And then, you know, that just leads into one of the most badass scenes in any of their movies. Period. Like anytime you get Led Zeppelin playing and you have finally like a fully realized Thor character. Oh God, I love that scene. I could rewatch it over and over again. It's so cool. Tell me brother, what were you the God of again? No, I like, I like Thor 3. It's just Family Guy, the Thor movie. Like here's joke after joke after joke after joke with it, uh, they even they even had the throw like the little uh what's it like the throwbacks they're, they're like we're randomly now the matt damon thing with the wasn't that like a flashback yeah it was they were doing like the play for like odin who was actually <laughs> like, oh that's that whole thing like a lot of it was funny i'm not like like it was it's a comedy it's a lot the only the only actual korg is great korg is great i don't agree with he's the funniest mcu character i still think it's drax drax is the best I didn't like when I first saw it that it, I felt like they'd made Thor seem kind of a bitch. I don't know how else to say it. Like he just felt like he was constantly getting made fun of and he was out of his element. And it was like the like, oh, I beat you Hulk. Oh, that doesn't seem right. Like there was constantly like this guy being like, I'm the strongest. And everyone being like, no, you're not. And it was like, why? I don't understand. And then Infinity War happens. And I'm like, oh, because you're about to look like the baddest dude ever. So like, hindsight in 2020 i'm like oh because you didn't have to because we were immediately going to make you okay okay now i kind of get it but like just coming out of the theater the first time i was like why does why did they kind of make him look weak and not great here but again like looking back it worked for the movie i it's admittedly one of the ones i didn't get to get to on the rewatch and i only watched it once in theaters and i think i just kind of had a bad mindset going in but it's a good movie it's just not like you said not top five I, li- I like the range and the, you know, they've already showed it. Like Taika Waititi, the director, I like that they'll hire different people. And I like James Gunn. I love the Russos, you know. Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange, not a bad director, has some pretty good horror films. Like, I like that they will get different people. Like, do, don't you agree with that? It's good to have different I visions. For a minute their problem early was that they were getting a lot of good TV directors, which like is good, but like the, like the Russo brothers kind of worked out, but I feel like now they're starting to get more like actual like movie directors and put these bigger, like Taika is great. Like uh, James Gunn is great. You're getting like, you're getting there where you're starting to really get like, this is it's 10 years in and infinity war is the biggest thing ever. And all these big directors want to be a part of this special thing. So I think, yeah, they're starting to really get like uh, Ryan Coogler and black Panther is another good example of just 
they're getting they're putting the right people on it. It's not really about just getting like a big name or a or a person who's a respected filmmaker. It's about putting the perfect person with the perfect thing. Yeah, I agree. And nice, nice segue to Ryan Coogler. Black Panther. Uh this is this is top five probably MCU movie. You'd be hard pressed to say like what it did wrong, honestly. Like I'm not Hold on earlier who did you say was the best Marvel villain in your opinion? Uh Michael Keaton's vulture. Well, you're wrong because it's Killmonger. Oh man. See, I think Killmonger's like third or fourth. I don't even think he's better than Thanos. The fact that he wasn't even really the bad guy, like he was right. Like even Chadwick Boseman came out and was like, no, Black Panther's the villain of this movie. Like he had a point and he was right and he like he took it too far. But like he was right and he rightfully should have had a chance at the throne and they kept him out of Wakanda and like that I loved the I like just the 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 depth of the storytelling of like actual African Americans and actual Africans and like the tension between that and how that was like the basis for this superhero movie with a hero and a villain and you muddy it up of like well no one's really right but like no one's really wrong and just Killmonger he was he every scene he was in he commanded his presence was he was such a larger than life thing and like i i believed him as a more powerful king than t'challa for sure but like it he made that movie amazing like there's so many other good things about that movie like we have to talk about shuri because she stole every scene she was in too but just oh that movie they the, the 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 set design the costumes the accents the every single little detail of what that movie just like having killmonger be this guy from oakland like every little detail of it was so spot on and perfect and everything like not just the marvel cinematic universe needed but just everyone like we needed that it's like it's it's like winter soldier it's one of those movies that like it's not it's not confined in a genre it's it it's it's great as a movie it's not just a super great superhero movie can I try and trigger you right now? Like, say one thing that I think is kind of funny, but I think that Black Panther is a cooler version of what Batman kind of is. I think Black Panther is just richer, like, more... Okay, I should say more stealthy. And he's a king. Batman's not a king. He's just a dude. True. Well, yeah, he eats the herb, but I mean, if Black Panther didn't have superpowers, he would still be, like, a juiced up version of Batman. Maybe not martial arts. Not in the MCU. Maybe in the comic books. In the MCU, he's kind of been a guy who hasn't done that good of a job with all of the things. Like we've seen him in what? Three movies now. And in the first movie, he loses his dad. In the second movie, he almost loses his entire kingdom. And mostly because of his family's like messing up and then in avengers infinity war he welcomed thanos into wakanda basically to let him destroy half of wakanda when that fight could have happened in new york and he didn't have to i think he is a character that you're really seeing struggle in his role to lead these people and to make all of these decisions which i think is a great decision especially knowing that going even though what happened we'll get to that in the infinity war and all of that stuff but like i think moving forward because we already talked about spider-man he is a character they just like spider-man they've laid the foundation of a great character arc and you really are going to get to watch him grow and build as a king and as a leader and as a superhero well look at the trend 
Look at the trend post uh, original Avengers. Ant Man, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Black Panther, all kind of bad at what they're doing at first. Like almost to the point where they're really bad at it. Like Black Panther, like you laid out, not great at being the Black Panther. He's a little too emotional. To be fair, to be fair, Doctor Strange does not suffer from that problem. <laughs> he learns everything in like three days. And he should. It's his character. He's got photographic memory, but like, you know, I mean, in the movie, though, he was struggling at first till she, like, trapped his ass on fucking Mount Everest and forced him to use the magic to get back. But, like, Ant-Man was not good at being in the suit at first. He was pretty bad at it. And I think I think it's the new characters. I think all of these, what will end up being the quote-unquote new Avengers, I think they're trying to show struggle. And I so that way you can show growth as you go on and for future movies. he hasn't had his own movie but winter soldier i think deserves to be in that category too of like this guy who's really struggling with everything that's going on and like that the new avengers i think are set up to be much honestly more interesting than the original avengers um i do think there's a couple we'll get to i mean let's just go into if any words the next thing right yes sir let's just face it we've already talked about we've dropped multiple well we've tried to avoid spoilers so i guess if you've gotten to this point uh, and you haven't seen Infinity War, It's the, from here on out, we're going to talk about Infinity War and what we think is going to happen in the next Avengers and maybe Ant-Man and Wasp a little bit. Uh, turn the podcast off. Thank you so much for listening. But for real, uh, let's talk about Infinity War. I'm going to start out and say, with big expectations comes a big, big chance for a letdown. And Infinity War was not a letdown. It is the, I will say Infinity War is the blockbuster of blockbusters. Like it is this, the scope and scale of this movie is unlike anything you've ever seen in a movie theater. No offense, Star Wars. Uh, You've never had this many high profile actors. Uh, The fact that it never once really, like it's a very fast paced movie, but like you don't feel like rushed per se during it it's just i remember it's a two and a half hour movie and i remember after an hour and a half looking at my phone and going oh there's an hour left oh my god i get to do another hour of this this is awesome it's not like overblown you feel good about it and honestly it's kind of fast like i felt when i got out of it i was like wow that was it those two and a half hours are you sure that felt more like an hour and 45 minutes but like it's like the direct like uh, the russo said it's supposed to be a smash and grab heist film it, it very much is that like boom we're here boom let's we're trying to get this stone uh it, it's in thanos i i want to say this for my part i will say infinity war instantly became a top three mcu movie for me villain thanos instantly became a top three mcu villain for me it's hard to explain how i feel about him like you see like he truly believes what he's doing is not evil He's trying so hard, and he thinks, like, and granted, we both agree he is wrong in how he's going about this, but he thinks that like, he truly, like, not like he half-assed convinced himself that he should do this, but, like, he truly believes, like, the, the like, course he is set on, he has to, and it's a burden to him. It's not like he wants to kill half the universe. It's a burden that, like, you know. It's like, it's not that he doesn't think he's not doing something. Like, he knows he's, like, he knows it's wrong to kill half the people he understands if everyone wants a better life and everyone wants like 
like he even talks about like the resources are limited you have too much too many like everything's overpopulated this is going to be quick it's going to be almost painless and there's no bias like that was an amazing touch like i love just that one line changed so much about his character of i'm not biased it's not rich or poor it's equal opportunity yep. it's half the people it's random it's not i'm not picking people it's not like i'm just like well i can hate that guy so yeah you're gone but everyone else is random. It's literally just, nope, I'm doing this because I think the universe needs it. And he looks at it, like he said, as mercy. The, we'll talk real quick about, like, instead of going away from the story, the, the CGI of Thanos was incredible. Like, it oh, was, God, yes. like, that was Josh Brolin as Thanos. Like, it was amazing. I love, and Josh Brolin is, a, we both know he's such a good actor. Like, he's been for years and years and years. And he even came out and said, this is his favorite role he's ever been in. So they interviewed him and like, he's like, they asked like, how does it compare to being Cable in Deadpool 2 coming out? He said, it wasn't really that close. Like, and like Thanos was just a, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience. And the Russo said, like, we want to create something that will be as memorable as Darth Vader. And I think if you played off right and he has the same kind of impact in Avengers 4, I think you set up probably kids, you know, younger than me and you, Brooke. Like, we're talking kids between the ages of, you know, 8 to 18. These are, like, impressionable. They don't like Darth Vader as much as we do growing up when we did. And I, 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 I truly believe that Thanos will be remembered as one of the most iconic movie villains of all time. Agree. Like, that movie was amazing. The spectacle, the everything. Thanos, he's so good. Like, he makes such a great point in... I wanted to cry when he threw Gamora off the cliff. Oh my god, dude, that was sad. Like him, like tearing up. Right. He like legitimately felt that. Like I loved that. That was like a legitimate. He is not a heartless monster. He just thinks he has this greater purpose, and like it's so good. In time, you will know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same you get like goosebumps when gamora is like laughing because she thinks like well you're fucked because you don't love anybody so you're never getting this stone and like just like him grabbing her by the back and it's like so quick too it's not like they don't drag it out it's just like three steps you're off the cliff because i absolutely have to do this to save the universe like i and like you said, like, I'm not going to make this mistake again, which I, w I would love. You could do a Thanos movie. Like, you truly could do a Thanos movie and have it be interesting. I would like to know, like, he said he's... I mean, that basically was, right? It's Like, they, they did it like it was Infinity Quest more than it was Infinity Gauntlet, really. And I think that's the point. I think this movie definitely was their version of, inf like, of the Quest comic line. And I, I think that the next one, maybe they'll go, they'll follow, like, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. But, like... I hope not. Because Infinity... Because, object like, I've, I've read them. Infinity uh, Quest is a much more interesting and better book than Infinity Gauntlet. I think you take things. I think what they should do is take things, like... You know, they've done it many, many times before. Like, they'll take things from multiple storylines because, you know, in the movies, you're never going to get to every big storyline ever made in the comics. So, like, take things you like that make, can make a cool movie but still have a coherent story. So I'd say, like, take things from Infinity Gauntlet that you really like. Like, and they kind of did already. It, like, with him torturing Nebula, 
like that's all in infinity gauntlet and you like i and you feel bad for her like that relationship i mean oh god yes her like torn apart and like seeing all of the pain and the anguish oh yeah i 100 percent think that they're gonna take things from the comic like a hunt like it's happened before and i think that's what they'll do and like because like everyone like half the people died and everyone's like, oh my god, all these people died. And what, yeah, Black Panther 2 is still going to happen. Spider-Man 2 is still going to happen. They're going to bring these people back. We know that. They keep trying to come out and say, oh, well, no, they're dead. And it's not going to, like, come on, we know. The question is not if, it's how. Like, that's the interesting thing. And the thing that's going to bring every single person back for the next movie is, like, what are they going to do? And I think they're going to take the comic book you just talked about. I think Cap gets the gauntlet and he turns time back and then... Honestly, I think that's when you, uh, we were kind of talking about this before of like Ant-Man is going to be very important. I do believe that to be true. Just you were, you brought that up earlier too, but like, I think the microverse, they keep, they talked about the microverse so much in that first movie. We'll see if Ant-Man and the Wasp goes back to the microverse and they kind of do any kind of payoff with that. But I'm like, you don't make such a big deal about this place and this thing that exists and then not really explore it or do it. So I think that's they, they're going to use the gauntlet, and then they're going to have to hide that in the stones from Thanos. So I think they take the, the, the gauntlet, and Ant-Man pretty much tries to sacrifice himself kind of thing and takes it to the microverse as like a, I'm going to go and do this thing. That's my, that's my guess. We should clarify, we're talking, we kind of skipped over it, the snap at the end of the movie where uh, so many characters disappeared. And, and most of them are newer characters, and like the entire Guardians except for Rocket. And oh, real quick, since I teased it earlier, uh, Groot, you know, he dissolves and he's reaching out for Rocket and he says, I am Groot. And someone tweeted at James Gunn and said, well, what did, what did Groot say to Rocket? And he just called him dad. Like, as he was disappearing, he was reaching out for him. He said, dad. And I thought that was pretty, pretty sad. Like, that hits pretty hard. And Did you notice the Spider-Man thing? Someone brought this up to me the other day, and I did not realize, like, when Spider-Man's dying, the reason why he's like, I feel, I, I feel weird. And I don't, or like, I don't feel so good. And he lasts so much longer than everyone else. I didn't realize the Iron Spider suit was literally pulling him back. It was trying to keep him alive. And it's literally like, tony in that moment being like is this thing that i made going to be able to save this person that i clearly care so much about and the the whole movie just set sends tones throughout the like the beginning like with the whole thing with him and pepper Potts in the park talking about the baby and the, the like having a child and tom holland becomes like during the last two movies, he becomes that child for Tony Stark and like losing him is like almost the equivalent of losing a child. Like you see, you feel that pain and that scene. And I want to, and I think with the biggest thing and I going forward for Avengers four, there's one line two. they said it twice, but it stuck with me the whole movie. And as soon as I walked out of theater, I, I thought this is going to be extremely important. When Captain America said, we don't trade lives. I think I 100% think, the reason that the la- the main Avengers are left, they say we don't trade lives, but I will bet money, I'll do it right now, that Captain America and Tony Stark and those guys will trade their lives to save Doctor Strange, Black Panther, the Guardians, Spider-Man. I think, that's, I think that is what's going to happen. I think they are going to have to sacrifice, and I think it will bring back the new characters so you can have your new Avengers. But I think it's going to be, I would say, bittersweet, almost like gut-wrenching, because you're like, no, you don't want to lose these characters, but 
if you don't, you don't get Black Panther again. You don't get Spider-Man. And I, I really, like, they have a chance to, like, really, this movie was emotional, but somehow they could make it ten times more emotional with a very permanent Captain America or Tony Stark death. Let me, let me, let me say this. You're talking about sacrificing for one another and that. You're really going to tell me Steve Rogers isn't giving up everything that he has to bring Bucky Barnes back? Oh, absolutely. And that's, I love the fact that they, like every person lost somebody almost like crucial to their storyline. You know what I mean? Like everybody has such, and we haven't even seen all the loss. Like I would bet. Thor gets to bring back Loki. Like, yep. And I, I have, you know, we haven't seen Hawkeye, but I have a strong suspicion his family was lost in the snap. Uh, there's a lot of things that have like leaked with pictures of him and for, you know, we we'll, we'll, can get into that as the movie gets closer, but I have a strong feeling he he lost his family. Like it's and it's interesting. Like we don't know who else is out there. Like like Okoye lost Black Panther. We don't know. We we technically don't know if Shuri's alive or not. And this is a fun part. Like this, like you have so many like different things that could happen now. With the, like you don't even know what side characters are gone and what ramifications those will have. Is Pepper Potts alive? Is fuck you know you know what I mean? Like you just don't know. And- I mean, the one thing we do know, and we're very lucky for. I'm glad Captain Marvel wasn't one of the ones that randomly got to <laughs> taken yes. away. Which I, I jokingly said because like we're talking about the teaser after the credits. They didn't show it. What if she did? What if she didn't make it and she got the thing and was like, oh, oh, done. <laughs> And she fades away. I, wouldn't it be hilarious if no one got that? Nobody got that distress call, and it just was point a pointless post credit. Like, let's get real quick. I mean, we like we both love Infinity War. We talk about it forever, so we can get jump right in Avengers Four. Uh, are you excited about Captain Marvel? Because I will say, uh, I I would say I'm trying to think introductions besides and this you might not believe me i'm actually more excited for the introduction of captain marvel than i was black panther and i was very excited for black panther and i'm more excited than i was for dr strange and i love dr strange but i love carol danvers and i love captain marvel and i i think it's pretty you know and granted it it feels like all the you know they're following dc they finally have a female but let's be real this movie has been in production for so freaking long and, like, I don't think either of those two studios were worried about, like, who was going to make the first female-led superhero movie first. I think it was, I think it was more like these were both going to happen for a really long time. And I'm very it's, – it's, it's honestly just pathetic that it's taken this long, but I'm very, very excited. I think Captain Marvel – I'm hoping – I don't need her to be the strongest in the MCU, but I hope she just comes out as a badass. I really do. I, I am excited because Brie Larson is fantastic. And she will be fantastic in this. Um, I'm excited because Phil Coulson's back. Yeah, excited because Ronan the Accuser was massively underused, and I talked about it earlier of the bad third acts, and that's another. I I will always hold it against Guardians of the Galaxy that I hate the dance fight. I don't like it. It's it's kind of funny, but like Ronan is better than to just go out like like Ronan. I even just killing him, I don't like. Just like keep people around i just love the jab at themselves though in infinity war we just, when drax like tell them about the dance off to save the galaxy <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh all the callback jokes are the most like every little thing like him saying to winter soldier like i'm gonna get that on little stuff like that was just the best like oh i'm gonna get that on but yeah no they did a great job i'm excited for captain marvel 
Like even the teaser at the end of like showing Captain Marvel was perfect. Just having the one teaser of like, yeah, we know who's coming to save the day. I liked that they shelved the Hulk because in Avengers four, we're going to get a lot of good. Hulk. Yep. I think he's one of the people I don't think you kill because he's not a person you can even do like single movies with anymore. He's the like he's just kind of a plug and play guy. Like I don't think Black Widow dies because she's just another. She's just kind of always there. I think, I think Thor, Captain, and uh, Iron Man. Those are the three that. That's really all you need. That's gonna hit very hard, and be done with it. Those three. How do you feel about Black Widow biting the dust and freaking? Avengers 4 and Hulk just losing it and coming back out of his shell and you get like the world destroyer Hulk. I feel like that would be... I don't think I cared enough about their relationship kind of thing in Avengers Age of Ultron. It's fine to just kind of be like, oh, hey, you. But I don't think they're going to do anything too crazy with that in the future. Like, I just, I don't see it. Also, like, where is Betty? We had a whole Marvel movie about him trying to save Betty and how that's the love of his life and She's just never showed up, even though Thunderbolt Ross exists. And which also, if you, I like, I get maybe why you're not doing it, but like, you have Thunderbolt Ross back. Go Red Hulk. Just do it. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would be so, that would be so good. And then you can literally bring, like, bring in She Hulk. And or I guess, I don't know if, I don't know how the rights work with all of that because it's like Universal and they can use them in the other movies, but like, you could go She Hulk and you can bring back. Liv Tyler or whoever as her and bring in Red She-Hulk and do all of the Hulks and give me more Hulks. <laughs> give me Namor. See, I don't, they, they don't own him. Yeah, they do. They had a certain amount of time to use his, to make something with him and his rights reverted back to Marvel officially like a year ago. Marvel will just wait for Aquaman and hope that that fails so they can still do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like you can make those characters very different. Like you can, like they, yeah, they are very different. Namor's a dick. You need to. He is, but he'd be like, he like I've read this many times. Like he would actually make a pretty good villain for a Black Panther sequel. You could have the freaking his whole, you know, his whole people versus Wakanda because they've had many issues in the comics before, and that would kind of be a nice intro. In- introduce him as a villain because he is a dick. And then, you know, you can maybe toy around with them for, like, maybe the Illuminati someday or something like that. Did you see who uh, Ryan Coogler actually asked Marvel originally for one guy, and they told him he couldn't use him? Did you see Who's that? the Craven? Oh, yeah. He wanted to use Craven originally. That would have so like, no. good. But, I mean, like, I, like Killmonger obviously worked in, in, you know, he dies, and we're sad. But Ulysses Claw was amazing. <laughs> I loved his character. Like I like everything. I do. Andy Circus is great. Anything he does is top notch. He's just good at everything. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I post Avengers four is going to be a weird world that I think is going to just Nova Core. No, oh, they set that up beautifully. You're going to get to see. You're going to get to see that Xandar getting destroyed. It's just going to be in an origin film for Nova. I bet my life on it. So you're going to you know what that. You know what that'll do. That'll give them a reason to put Thanos in it for five minutes, which will get people interested. It'll give them a reason. It's a perfect origin story. His people are all killed. He survives. You know, he's not happy about it. And I, I, I just think that I think he's a guarantee shoe in for that. 
and, and then what you're probably going to get after that because if you bring in nova and then you can kind of like get nova and spider-man together and start trying to do like a young avengers type movie kind of deal with some of the younger characters get shuri in there and do all yep. of that well i'm 100 percent down for like you know with captain marvel you have a bridge between like the cosmic and earth like a very immediate bridge not like oh chris or chris praz oh you know star lord's from earth but like with captain marvel you have like someone that knows people on earth someone that knows everybody from the Kree and the Skrulls, and we'll, we'll get to that during her movie, but, like, I think you could do, like, your almost outer space Avengers. You could do, like, your Earth-like Defenders, and you oh, could yeah. separate that. Like, you have, you have this team that is gonna fight these things that are gonna be taking place in different galaxies, but you also have this team back on Earth, and then if you have a threat big enough, say you get the rights to like Kang the Conqueror Galactus back. And then you can have everybody come back together. There's man. It's just like, it's such a big universe at this point. And then you can, at that point, you're going to be adding X-Men and all sorts of crazy stuff. Just, just add Dr. Doom. Whatever. I mean, everything else, just Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom could carry the franchise, be the, you know, how Thanos, you know, even though he wasn't in all these movies, he kind of carried the way as the like, like, you know, overshadowing villain. And I think Doctor Doom could be that guy. But I have one thing, too, that, like, lingers with me from Spider-Man Homecoming. When they're talking, they're moving, they sold Stark Tower, and they don't, and they specifically don't tell you who bought it. But I have a feeling that'll be pretty important in the next, like, five years, six years of the Marvel Universe. Turn out that that's the Baxter building. Well, I was thinking Baxter or Oscorp building, since there's no Oscorp yet. Didn't they and put Oscorp in after like Amazing Spider-Man, and then they talked themselves out of it? I'm glad he's there now, but no. Oh well. Yeah, so we'll see. But Avengers 4 is going to be nutty. Ammon and the Wasp, I would say that the directors, the writers, like Stephen McNeely and what the hell, Mark, I can't think of what his other name was. Uh, the, the writers for you know Civil War and Avengers you know, Infinity War, they have said, go see Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel because everything in between Infinity War and Avengers 4 is all connected. And maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't going to be fully connected till the end, but can I, is it rude? Can I tell you what I think happens at the end of Ant-Man? I think it's going to be really good. And if they, if they do this, I think it'd be super cool. I think they're going to, I think it's going to, I think the movie in general is going to, you know, not have anything to do really at first with Infinity War. But I believe the events of Infinity War will happen and will jump ahead in the movie. Or they'll come out of the quantum realm, which I think is going to be like, they're going to go looking for his wife, Hank Pym's wife. And I think they will find her. I think they're going to get out of the quantum realm. The world's going to be all in chaos. I have a theory that Ant-Man... I I think the Wasp, I think Hank Pym and his wife are all going to disappear because of the snap, whether it's a post-credit scene or whatever. And I think Ant-Man and Hank Pym will have maybe had some sort of way to beat Thanos or use the different, like, the quantum realm against them. And I think Ant-Man's going to set out at that point when all his people, like loved ones are gone. I think he'll set out to find the Avengers. And that's why you're going to get like the main Avengers plus Ant-Man and Avengers four. So I think that's going to be like really intriguing how they end Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then Captain Marvel, we know takes place in the nineties and, but the same thing that's going to speed up to, you know, 
current times, whether it's post credit scene or whatever. And then, then you're going to have like, Oh, here we are. Here's the ramifications. So, or like you'll see at the end, she'll get the distress beacon and we'll see what happens from there. Sure. I'm excited. I don't know. Oh, me too, man. A lot, lot going on. Like Aquaman, like Aquaman this December, everyone go watch it. I'll be there. I'll be there opening. I'll be there opening night. No doubt. Look, I'll tell you right now, I am not super uber fond of the DCU yet, and I'm not giving up on them, but like they just, to me, the rewatchability is very low for most of the movies. Like it's hard to watch Batman and Superman like over and over again. And Justice League suffers from arguably this is the, one of the worst CGI villains of all time. And I, I, you know, and we'll see. And this isn't a podcast about DC tonight, so. You did just watch The Abomination, right? Yes. No, he was bad, but, like, he's still cooler than freaking Steppenwolf. Like, Abomination, like, inherently is a cooler villain than Steppenwolf, but... Oh, yeah. But, like, and it's fine. They're building something. And, and like, I do like some DCU movies. I hate Suicide Squad. I think it's it's arguably my least favorite. It's probably my least favorite superhero movie. And I'm talking about, like, Fantastic Four. Like, I I just can't watch it. Can't watch it. I don't know why I can't do it. Can't do it. But, I uh, so anyways, lots of stuff in between. Uh, yeah, thank you guys if you made it to the end. I, I don't even freaking know how long we just rambled. Yeah, here we are, hour and a half. I'm sure we can cut off, you know, 20 minutes of that maybe with me stuttering. But thank you so much if you're here at the end listening. Uh, so sorry to anyone that was listening. I've had multiple people ask me, like, wait, why aren't you making episodes anymore? Well, things happen in life, and we're trying. We'll just call this the reboot. You know, this is, this happens all the time in the comics. We're just rebooting the universe, and, and we're going to come back better. Yeah, we're going to come back better than ever, and we're going to have more content than ever. And uh, hopefully the goal is to have a Patreon page here, and I'd like to start recording some mini episodes to give people who will subscribe on Patreon because this stuff is not free. And that's part of the thing with doing this, you know, every month it's something new you're paying for. So, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to really help us go to iTunes and like rate, or I would say rate and review the podcast, give us, give us all the stars, whatever, however many is the most, give us all of them or don't, you can be honest.